Hi, and welcome to In Search of Insight, Nootropics Depot's monthly podcast. I'm your host, Erica, and sitting next to me is our product specialist, Emil. Hey, everyone. Today, Emil and I are going to be discussing a new product that we have recently released, which is fenugreek capsules, to be specific. Fenugreek has a really ancient history, and it also has a lot of health benefits for us in the modern world in the form of a supplement. But we're going to discuss how it's often used in food, in uh, traditional practices, and also some key elements to the health benefits of fenugreek, uh, where we get into really the nitty-gritty scientific details. So for those of you who are new to In Search of Insight, a little tip for you, if you'd like to get to a specific point in the podcast or get straight to the info about fenugreek, if you're listening on YouTube, you can go to the description where we have chapters which break down everything that we discuss in the podcast. You can also view the product itself on Nootropics Depot's website, and there's going to be some more supplemental materials there, including stack suggestions with fenugreek as well. So we advise that you go check that out, get a little bit more information, and also follow along with those chapters as you listen. Now, we're going to start this podcast with a segment that we often do talking about new products that have been released since our last podcast episode. This time, there are two new products, one of which is the fenugreek capsules, but we're going to start with our other new product that has recently been released, which is L-arginine capsules. So Emil, tell us a little bit about what L-arginine is, why we decided to come out with this particular supplement, and who might be interested in taking L-arginine as a part of their daily stack. Yeah, so for those who've been around supplements for a long time, you'll undoubtedly know L-arginine already. It's probably one of the first nitric oxide boosters that was around, and nitric oxide boosters being a class of supplements which really helps dial in blood flow, especially when it comes out comes to working out, uh, gym performance, kind of getting that pump feeling in your muscles when you're lifting weights. Nitric oxide boosters are really popular for this use, and nitric oxide, which is a gaseous neurotransmitter, is produced through two main pathways, one of which is through nitrate. Uh, so dietary nitrate consumption, we, we get that from things like beets, uh, leafy greens, a lot of different foods contain nitrates. And then a lot of foods contain L-arginine, which is an amino acid and is contained within protein structures. So if we're eating some sort of protein, uh, chicken or uh, more vegetarian, like a tofu or even um, the gluten in bread, which is a nice protein source, those will all contain L-arginine, and we can then break those proteins down and get L-arginine. So L-arginine comes into play in the second main way in which we produce nitric oxide. And this happens through an, a class of enzymes. There's a few different ones. Uh, they are called the nitric oxide synthase enzymes. And those nitric oxide synthase enzymes can take a nitrogen group out of the L-arginine and combine it with oxygen, and that creates nitric oxide. Then nitric oxide can interact with various different signaling systems within blood vessels, for example. And within the, the blood flow uh, effects, the most important nitric oxide synthase enzyme that we are talking about then is ENOS, which stands for endothelial nitric oxide synthase, which is located in our blood vessels. So here we can then produce some nitric oxide. Nitric oxide then 
initiates the conversion of various different precursors to a compound called CGMP. And CGMP interacts with certain receptors which help calcium flow in and out of muscle cells. And in this case, how CGMP works uh, is it helps relax blood vessels uh, by helping to relax those smooth muscle cells. So by doing this, more blood can actually flow through those blood veins because they're bigger, they're wider, they're more open. Think about it like if you take a um, garden hose and you squeeze it, you will limit the amount of water going through and there will be more pressure as well. And if you have just a, a, a garden hose completely wide open, then there's a lot more water flowing through it with less pressure. That's kind of how you can think of this too. You're relaxing those blood vessels, allowing more uh, blood to flow through. And this is what makes nitric oxide supplements uh, really popular. And over the years, there's been a, a lot of innovation within nitric oxide uh, supplements. So you have things like agmatine, which have a much more uh, direct kind of, they modulate the function of the nitric oxide synthase enzymes rather than producing or um, giving a precursor, which is what L-arginine and L-citrulline do. Over the years though, L-arginine has kind of fallen out of favor um, because L-citrulline, strangely enough, is a more direct way in which we can, or not a more direct way, a slightly more efficacious way in which we can actually increase L-arginine levels, which seems kind of strange. But if you look a little bit at how L-arginine increases nitric oxide, it does this again by uh, basically donating one of its nitrogen groups and it gets liberated through the nitric oxide synthase enzyme and then it combines it with oxygen, then we have nitric oxide. When you remove that nitrogen group from L-arginine, you actually end up with L-citrulline. And then L-citrulline through the urea cycle can be recycled back to L-arginine. So if you orally take L-citrulline, you can actually elevate your L-arginine levels and then produce nitric oxide. So all of this is kind of has been going on for a, a few decades now at this point uh, with nitric oxide supplements becoming increasingly more popular and increasingly more novel. And that's kind of resulted in us forgetting about L-arginine. And I was a little bit confused as well when we, when we first thought of, okay, maybe we should offer L-arginine again. I, I had this similar idea of, okay, well, Clearly, L-arginine is super important in this equation, but it's kind of fallen out of favor. We have L-citrulline, D-L-malate already. We have some other interesting nitric oxide boosters. So where does L-arginine really slot in? But then we started reading some reports on Reddit and we found that a lot of people actually really like L-arginine. For some people, L-arginine just seems to work better than the other nitric oxide boosters. I'm not entirely sure why, um, but maybe in some people, L-arginine is just absorbed really well. Uh, one of the kind of opposition points to taking L-arginine is that L-arginine is very quickly converted in your liver to other compounds which will not result in nitric oxide uh, production. So if you orally take L-arginine, then are you really getting that much L-arginine to convert into nitric oxide? There are some studies which definitely show that oral L-arginine is being turned into nitric oxide. 
it does seem that L-citrulline has a, has a longer term increase in nitric oxide levels. But the interesting thing that I was finding throughout these research studies is perhaps that L-arginine can give a slightly quicker and more pronounced peak and then it levels off quickly. But if you think about it in terms of working out, if you take a nitric oxide supplement, oftentimes you're taking it pre-workout. Usually it's integrated inside of a pre-workout formulation or for people who don't really like stimulants, there's just pure uh, like pump supplements, which usually are a mixture of nitric oxide boosters. When you're taking it, you actually want probably the quickest increase in nitric oxide and you're not that concerned about a really long increase in nitric oxide because what you really want to do is maximize that pump feeling and if l-arginine the part that does get absorbed before it gets converted if that can very quickly transform into nitric oxide and thereby increase vasodilation i can kind of understand why for some people L just plain old l-arginine seems to work really well so that's maybe a slightly too in-depth uh, discussion about L-arginine. It's probably interesting to do a whole separate podcast on it someday, especially when we come out with a few more nitric oxide boosters in the future. Um, but one other thing that made us really interested in bringing out L-arginine, one, it, it's, a, it's a basic supplement that a lot of people know about. It's informed a lot of our knowledge about nitric oxide boosters in general. So just based on that, I think going back to some of the old school supplements is kind of interesting uh, and it's easy to forget about them, but it, it, they were there for a reason. They've, been, they've always been there. They're, they're still there and we can still benefit from them. So I think it's interesting to go back to some of those old school ones. And secondly, L-arginine oftentimes was extracted or converted from animal sources. So for example, duck feathers or something like that, where you're taking those amino acids out of the proteins that are contained in these animal sources. This new product though is vegan. Yes, so that is one of the reasons why when we came across a vegan L-arginine produced through fermentation, which doesn't use any animal sources, we thought, okay, this makes it a little bit more interesting because now we can have a vegan L-arginine um, Vegan L-arginine doesn't seem to be super popular, common. Um, so we thought coming out with that is interesting because we know we have quite a few vegan customers or vegetarian customers, which is one of the reasons why we've also come out with some other vegan vegetarian friendly products in the past, like our Omega Tau vegan version or our Velom DHA made from algae. Some of these things that are classically more associated with animal sources, um, making vegan versions of that. So that's another reason why we came out with this particular L-arginine because it's vegan. And then another reason being that for some people, L-arginine just seems to be the superior nitric oxide booster, which doesn't totally agree with um, scientific knowledge on this topic. But oftentimes, if something just really works well, there are some things that we can't fully explain with research. Of course we can and we should be able to, but there are some things that just haven't been discovered yet, but we can clearly feel, which I guess L-arginine for some people, they can clearly feel that it's having a benefit for them. So I think for that reason, we decided to then eventually go for L-arginine. I think it is an interesting option and especially considering some recent world events, which we can't 
go into the nitty-gritty details but there has been now that a few years have passed since this major world event we've seen that certain people are having a hard time recovering from some of these events and there are now some new research studies showing that l-arginine can help a little bit with this especially when it's combined with vitamin c so there's a, a little bit of a resurgence in l-arginine research kind of in the, the medical industry and i think that's interesting and i think it kind of shows that maybe we've done l-arginine dirty maybe it does absorb fairly well maybe it does have a pretty significant impact on nitric oxide levels and i think with this product it's worth exploring that and i've seen now in a few of our uh, release reddit threads that a lot of you are saying that you are really happy that we came out with l-arginine because again it is the nitric oxide booster that works well for you and now you have a trusted clean source to take it from so I'm interesting to see more reports over the next few months uh, to see maybe there are some people who have been experimenting with some of the more novel niche uh, nitric oxide boosters that now maybe out of curiosity are trying the L-arginine and seeing, hey, maybe this works better or worse. I'm curious. So if that's you, if you're, if you're trying out some different um, nitric oxide boosting supplements or if you have tried our l-arginine let us know what your experience has been on reddit our reddit is r slash nootropics depot if you're not familiar with it and you haven't visited yet um, you will find so much information and really fascinating conversations and comparisons like this and emil is really active and likes to get into all of the details and the different approaches that you can take for um, stacking supplements and also for achieving the right balance uh, for these health benefits that you want in conversation on Reddit. So definitely check us out there and subscribe. Um, I like the description that you used with the hose that really gives a clear picture of what L-arginine is doing just for the lay person. And I also like that you made a comparison between L-arginine and L-citrulline in that L-arginine could be a nice product for someone who's looking for maybe some more of the workout benefits because it's working a little bit faster and more intensely. And actually the most interesting thing here is, and this is a little bit of insider knowledge now, we are going to come out with a separate L-citrulline product at some point in the future. And that will be a really nice combination with L-arginine. So there is some research indicating that L-citrulline does seem for a longer term increase in nitric oxide levels seems to be the superior option. But even better than just L-citrulline is a combination, kind of a 50-50 combination of L-citrulline and L-arginine. So if for, it's kind of unknown how this happens, but the increases in nitric oxide seem to be more significant when you combine L-arginine and L-citrulline then if you compare it to just L-citrulline or just L-arginine. So I think in the future, that's going to be the most interesting, one of the more interesting nitric oxide boosting stacks that you can get from us would be a combination of L-arginine and L-citrulline. Absolutely, I'm very curious about that too. Emil, for you, have you been taking nitric oxide boosters for any period of time or in the past? Is this something that's part of your, your stack yourself? 
Sort of. So I'm taking resveratrol and this is actually one of the stacks I listed on the L-arginine product description. So resveratrol seems to upregulate the activity and level of the ENOS enzyme, so the endothelial nitric oxide synthase enzyme, which then helps turn L-arginine into nitric oxide in our blood vessels. And I've been taking that for a really long time and I, I do feel like there are some blood flow benefits that I'm getting from it and that would then be through that nitric oxide pathway. I'm not taking any direct nitric oxide precursors at the moment. So I'm not taking L-arginine at the moment. I'm not taking L-citrulline. I am curious about integrating these. Oh, actually, this is one thing I forgot to say about L-arginine. So going back to those recent world events kind of thing, recovery, L-arginine helps with recovery there, partially because L-arginine is an important mediator of our immune function. So that's a really interesting reason why you would want to take L-arginine too. Okay. Blood flow, but also immune function. Um, so for the immune function benefits, I would be very curious about adding L-arginine. And I think just blood flow in general is nice, um, especially before going to the gym. So I do have a lot of experience with that, uh, especially back in my college days. I was really interested in a lot of the uh, kind of pre-workout supplements that used nitric oxide boosters so i've tried a bunch of different nitric oxide boosters because over the you were years. doing olympic weightlifting at the time yeah, at the time uh which of course for olympic weightlifting maybe having that blood flow uh effect is, is maybe not the most important thing it's more for the bodybuilding uh, to be honest it's maybe also more of like a, a vanity thing where if you are taking a nitric oxide booster and then you're doing high repetitions with lower weights and you're getting a lot of blood pumping into your muscles, your muscles just look bigger. Um, and that gets enhanced by nitric oxide boosters. So, There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, so. if you really wanna go into the gym and feel good about yourself, take a nitric oxide booster like L-arginine or agmatine or L-citrulline, go to the gym and do a ton of just bicep curls high repetitions, lower weight, and you will really feel a lot of blood pumping into that muscle. It will start getting a little bit tight, feel like it's going to almost rip a little bit. Um, and it just looks bigger, your muscles. So it, it's, a, it's a nice way to gain a little bit more confidence in the gym, to give you this almost biofeedback that the hard work you're putting in is immediately paying off, which is nice. And this is, of course, also why um, in the movie Pumping Iron, I believe it is, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger goes on and on about how great the pump feels and then it's the greatest feeling in the world, that it's even better than sex, blah, 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 blah. So there's definitely a lot to do with the pump, blood flow, nitric oxide boosters. And I think for that reason, taking a nitric oxide booster before a workout is interesting. So it's also I interesting that you made that um, reference to this movie and that Arnold Schwarzenegger says that the pump is better than sex. But as we were talking about the blood flow benefits of L-arginine, I was also thinking about sex because chances are this will probably have benefits in the bedroom as well. Absolutely. For those blood flow purposes. Yeah. So, you know, that's actually something having most of my experience with these nitric oxide boosters 
as a pre-workout ingredient, I oftentimes forget about the sexual health benefits of it. But both for men and women, L-arginine can have some really interesting effects there. Not necessarily in terms of libido, of course, but in terms of overall performance and arousal, um, because blood flow obviously plays a big role in there. So if we talk about some other uh, more sexual health related blood flow supplements like horny goatweed, horny goatweed is pulling off its effects on um, blood flow to penile tissue, for example, by inhibiting an enzyme called phosphodiesterase 5, so PDE5. And PDE5 breaks down the CGMP that is produced by nitric oxide. So this is kind of a similar pathway. Yeah, so it's re- they're they're obviously related to each other. They're both working on CGMP. Yeah, so for that increased blood flow to penile tissue or to different vaginal tissue, you need nitric oxide. And you need nitric oxide because you need the nitric oxide to stimulate the synthesis of CGMP. CGMP is at the end of the day, really what we're interested in. Nitric oxide is just uh, a path to get there. Um, But it's not actually the nitric oxide itself which directly stimulates vasodilation, blood flow, etc. It is the CGMP. And PDE5 inhibitors just make sure that or ensure that there is less degradation of CGMP happening so that when CGMP is being produced, it is staying around for longer and in higher concentrations. So that's how a PDE5 inhibitor works, but it relies on nitric oxide still. So actually combining the two is really interesting, especially when it comes to sexual function. So if you were to combine L-arginine with horny goatweed, both would work slightly better for enhancing overall blood flow. So that's definitely an interesting um, part of it too. So when you really start stacking all of them up, oftentimes it's really easy to get kind of hyper-focused on one aspect of nitric oxide boosters, but they help in a lot of different areas. And of course, we can't get into this because it's a little bit medical, but think about that example we showed earlier or talked about earlier with the the garden hose if you clamp it down a little bit the pressure in the hose increases and the flow of water through it decreases a little bit use your imagination use your imagination uh same with our blood vessels and nitric oxide boosters can help there um of course nitric oxide boosters can also help for um Cognitive function, having more blood flow to the brain is nice. So if we have some nitric oxide uh, boosters kind of active within our brain too, that can be nice. Um, So there's a lot of different aspects of a nitric oxide booster that are interesting, not just gym performance, but of course that is going to be the main thing where they're being used. So for example, if you want to put together your own pre-workout, you can use something like L-arginine to round out the uh, blood flow enhancing properties of your pre-workout stack. There's a whole bunch of benefits that we can get from L-arginine. And I'm really curious to know what your experience has been, um, if you've tried it yet, or if you are also trying other nitric oxide boosters. So if you want to share your experience with us, you can on reddit at r slash depot. Now we're going to jump into talking about the other new product that has been released since our last podcast episode, which is also the focus for today's podcast. 
and that is fenugreek, fenugreek capsules. Before we discuss the specifics of fenugreek and the history and get into this long conversation, I'm curious to know, Emil, what has your experience been so far since we've started recording the podcast? Because we both took a dose of fenugreek and I'm feeling a lot of different effects, a little bit unexpected, but I want to know how's it going for you so far? How long has it been since you took fenugreek? So we took it 45 minutes ago. Uh, we always like to do this if we are doing a podcast, especially a podcast on something that has really perceptible acute effects. We like taking it at the start of the podcast so that as we're talking and we're getting more comfortable on the podcast, uh, the effects start to kick in and we can kind of look back and reflect on how do we feel at the start of the podcast and how do we feel now? And right now, of course, I've probably taken fenugreek a lot more often than Erica has. I think Erica, is this your second time trying it? Yeah, this is my, or no, this is my third time. Third time. Yes. For me, I'm, I'm in the, the 10 plus club already, I think. Um, fenugreek is really interesting to me because it has, have you tried tribulus yet, Erica? I have not tried it. Okay. So tribulus also sort of has this effect. It has this effect where it gives me a little bit more confidence. It gives me a little bit more motivation. It makes me a little bit more chatty, um, which is perfect for this podcast. Absolutely. But the one thing Tribulus does is it is a little bit edgy for me. So it can also make me feel a little bit too stimulated and can make me feel a little bit agitated. With fenugreek, it's kind of the opposite. Instead of having that extra stimulation on top of the confidence and chatty effects, it's more of a relaxing effect. So I feel uplifted, my mood is up, I feel like my vision is a little bit crisper, um, talking is going easier, uh, I, I feel like I'm moving my hands around a little bit more than, than I normally do when I talk. So all of those kind of uplifting, a little bit dopaminergic type of effects and then combined with a nice, not lethargy inducing relaxation effect but like a nice uplifting relaxing effect so that's kind of how it's going for me i feel like maybe i can breathe a little bit clearer i've been having some issues with um, allergies and i'm not really sure why this is but it feels like that is subsiding a little bit i was feeling a little bit stuffy before starting the podcast and that is going away a little bit um there's really no research on this as far as I can tell, but that's kind of interesting. But yeah, basically, long story short, what I'm feeling right now as compared to 45 minutes ago is a little bit more energy, uh, a little bit more focus, mood is up, confidence is up, and I really am enjoying talking on this podcast. Oh, I'm glad to hear that. And I can also feel it and, and I can tell as well, you seem really relaxed. I feel really relaxed and very focused. I was feeling um, maybe a little bit scattered before we started the podcast. Now that we're in it, I feel this hyper-focus. I almost feel like time has slowed down a little bit. That's how well I can focus right now, which is an awesome benefit. And this is a slightly different focused feeling than what I experienced from, let's say, Subroxy. I feel like this feeling is more useful for this purpose, for talking, uh, for doing critical thinking on the spot. And 
In my past experiences, the first two times that I took fenugreek, I found that it was very motivating and it also helped me focus. And in those two experiences, I was practicing some music and that had some really beneficial effects for my mental state during practice. So now that we're sitting here and we're interacting together, I find that it's really helping me stay dialed in and super focused on the conversation, which is great. And I agree that relaxation, it's not um, a sleepy feeling. There's no fatigue at all, but I do feel that I'm aware of my muscles. I'm aware of my body. And I also feel that I can breathe clearer through my nose specifically. I'm not sure that it's related to allergies, but I do feel that I'm more aware of my breath, which I like a lot. Interesting. Yeah, that might be the, the increase in dopamine levels that can be causing that a little bit, maybe. Um, I, I think the one main thing, every single time I try fenugreek, I'm again and again just surprised by how potent the effects are, how noticeable the effects yeah. are. So oftentimes, with, with a lot of different things, I've gotten quite good at sitting down and really analyzing really subtle things that are going on. Kind of like maybe uh, a, a wine sommelier can pick out little flavor notes and aromas that the average person can't. But after doing it over and over and over again, you can really pick out these nice subtle details. And I'm picking out a, a lot of nice subtle details with the fenugreek, but this really is one of those things where you don't have to sit down and analyze the like f small things that are going on, the subtle, nice, interesting things that are going out on. It's really in your face. Uh, Definitely. And it, it shocked all of us when we first tried fenugreek because, I mean, we've had fenugreek in food. Uh, in the Netherlands, it's actually quite a common ingredient in certain cheeses so certain cows and sheep's cheeses little fenugreek seeds are very tasty in. very tasty by yeah. the way yeah but when you think about fenugreek at least my mind goes more towards oh yeah it's it's used in food it's a nice flavoring ingredient but i'm not thinking of it having an effect that's kind of in line with subroxy and uh Vignatex and some of the other interesting dopamine boosters we've used. So the first time I took it, I was just, I don't even really know what I was expecting. I just kind of took it and went about my day and was really uh, amazed at the, the potency of, of the effects. I've heard a few other people now mention it has a similar type of effect. So for me, I really like it. Uh, I've, I've tried it daily a few times. Right now, I'm just still on the beta testing sample, so I'm taking it every once in a while. Um, so it's not really well integrated into my stack at this moment. So it, it really jumps out every time I take it. Um, but yeah, that long st clearly it makes you chatty because uh, <laughs> I just want to keep talking and talking and talking. It feels good to share Yeah, when, which, you, when you've taken fenugreek. And, and that is really something that I tend to attribute to dopaminergic supplements. If I take something that is strongly dopaminergic, I want to talk. Uh, and I'm honestly not super talkative normally. So that's an interesting effect. Absolutely. And this is really nice. And I'm excited to share that I am a very talkative person, but the focus effects of the fenugreek have helped me to just listen more in this conversation and stay more present rather than talking so much. 
So I like that I'm experiencing a benefit from this, but it's kind of on the other side of the coin for me as a person who can talk a lot, that I now feel a little bit more aware of the words that I'm using and the intention of what I'm saying. So that's a really kind of cool uh, combination of effects for both of us. Mm-hmm. And if you're a person who finds it difficult to determine what are the perceptible benefits of a supplement, uh, but you're also looking for a mood booster or something to help you focus, perhaps fenugreek could be a nice one to try because you will feel it. You will definitely feel it. And this dose that we're taking is the standard dose that is in the fenugreek capsules, correct? Yeah, 500 milligrams. 500 milligrams. And it's very perceptible and it's a really wonderful feeling. And um, we're going to talk to you a little bit more about our experiences with it but we're also going to get into the details of why it's such a nice mood booster and um, really useful for many different health benefits other than mood as well. We've had a, a bit of a, a fun, adventurous week in the Netherlands on Thursday. It was uh, King's Day, so basically you're just out all day long uh, consuming lots of tasty beverages and staying out late into the night. With so. massive groups of people, so many people wearing orange, uh, filling the streets and the canal bridges and uh, singing, laughing, dancing, uh, merrymaking. It's, it's an incredible sight, especially as someone, I'm from the US, someone who has never seen this before, um, just how many people are out and having fun and smiling at each other. And it's a really wonderful, um, exciting holiday to participate in. But it really takes it out of you. So <laughs> the next day, Oh, you're really just, you've experienced so much, you've talked so much, you've experienced so much fun, you're really feeling drained the next day. This is Saturday now, so it's... uh, We're two days removed or recovered, you could say. Yes, and this morning I was feeling great, I had a, a, a nice sleep, but I was still feeling a little bit mentally sluggish. And I feel like taking the fenugreek kind of flipped that over, and it's almost, I can kind of related to taking a, if you have, if you've eaten a really garlic heavy meal or something, and then eating a strong mint, kind of feeling that um, effect of mental invigoration, kind of this cooling effect throughout your, your whole mouth, kind of feeling refreshed. I'm feeling that in my brain, basically, with the fenugreek. I it's like it. giving me that spark, that refreshed mental feeling, as if none of that happened uh, we didn't have a huge day where we walked a lot on uh, thursday i think we walked like 12 or 15 miles throughout the day through these huge crowds so i feel like normally it would take me a lot longer to recover from that uh, my muscles would be a little bit more sore and taking the fenugreek kind of overturned a few of those aspects i feel more recovered i feel more refreshed i feel more physically limber so I think that's that's a nice effect to note too. Now that we're probably about an hour into the effects. Very cool. So a little bit like a breath mint for your brain. Yes. Very nice. Well, I want to get into talking about some more of the specifics of fenugreek because now we've given everyone a very tantalizing description of how it feels to take the supplement. So let's talk a little bit more about the technical details of fenugreek. Um, specifically 
the dosage and also the active compounds, the standardization and the process for um, deciding on this particular extract. Yeah, so let's start with why we chose specifically this extract and why we chose trigonelline and protodeosin. The easiest one to start with is protodeosin. So as I mentioned earlier, Tribulus terrestris has a somewhat similar effect, but it's more stimulating. Tribulus terrestris also happens to contain protodeosin. So that's one of the compounds we standardize for in tribulus. It's one of the compounds that makes tribulus tribulus. Um, so having a little bit of that in here too, at 2.5%, which is significantly less than the tribulus extract we have. Um, but it still gives you a decent amount of protodeosin and it kind of gives you that, I believe a lot of the confidence and motivation effects are somewhat coming from that protodeosin content. Okay. Um, and I think that's why there really is a distinct similarity between tribulus and fenugreek. Fenugreek just, I described it, I think it's on the product description or maybe it was on Reddit, but I said, if you compare tribulus and fenugreek, fenugreek is like Jekyll uh, and tribulus is like Mr. Hyde. So the whole Jekyll and Hyde uh, story, Dr. Jekyll being the uh, kind-hearted, nice doctor, Mr. Hyde being the, the crazy, dangerous person here. Here it's kind of similar. Fenugreek gives you that grounded feeling, kind of calm, energized, um, makes me want to do a deep dive into things, tear things apart mentally and, and understand them. Whereas Tribulus just makes me want to go out into the world and go for a fast bike ride or go to the gym, lift something heavy, maybe get in a fight with someone. That's kind of go how to Tribulus, a techno party. go to a techno party. But that's kind of how Tribulus makes me feel. It kind of, I don't necessarily always like the effects because I feel like if I'm already feeling a little bit agitated and I take Tribulus, I just get in this like hair trigger like if something goes a little bit wrong i get a little bit oh, i, I want to do something a little bit more aggressive about it whereas fenugreek it's a more smooth uh, effect so protodeosin seems to uh, contribute to this so that's one of the reasons why we decided to standardize for protodeosin content because fenugreek is also a rich source of protodeosin the second compound, we have to jump back a little bit more into the history of some of our products. So for this specific one, we have to take a look at Dynamax. So I, I can't remember how many years it's been since Dynamax now. It's probably been about five years. When we first started looking into Dynamax, I've always been a big coffee drinker. Uh, I really like the effects of coffee. And then we started experimenting with caffeine supplements and kind of all of the caffeine supplements fell a little bit short on the mood elevating properties. So that's one of the things I really like about coffee. Uh, and I just wasn't getting with pure caffeine. So how do we get that mood boosting property back into the caffeine? And we looked at a bunch of different options and I thought, okay, we should look at what actually is inside of the coffee bean. What, because 
coffee is not a pure source of caffeine. It's a source of lots of different bioactive compounds. Just like other botanicals. Just like other botanicals. Especially, you know, if you make an extract of something, you can basically delete a lot of the other compounds that are in there and end up with a pure target compound. So for example, you can take coffee beans and do a really complex extraction on it and purify it and purify it and end up with just 99% pure caffeine. And that caffeine will feel like any other caffeine. But if you are brewing some coffee, you're making a really full spectrum water extract. So other things that are water soluble, like trigonelline, will end up in the coffee, will end up influencing the effects. So and trigonelline is also present in coffee? It is present in coffee. Very so cool. It is actually present in green coffee at fairly high concentrations, like a few grams per kilogram of green coffee. And when you roast it, quite a lot of the trigonelline is broken down uh, and it actually results in a lot of different aroma chemicals. So trigonelline definitely is important for the uh, aroma of coffee. But it also seems to be important for the effect. So not all of the trigonelline gets destroyed during roasting and quite a lot of it still stays in. And actually instant coffee contains quite a bit of trigonelline. This reminds me of uh, conversations that we've had about different coffees or coffees that come from different areas of the world. I'm curious if there are certain areas or regions of coffee growing that produce beans with more trigonelline also with different roast methods that might leave more of the trigonelling intact or not, and how that might affect the experience of drinking the coffee. And then, you know, let's call them the, the benefits or those perceptible feelings that you get from the coffee that are separate from the flavor, but just the effects of this whole um, broad spectrum solution or extract that we can call it. Absolutely. So in different coffee... I haven't seen any data from coffees from different parts of the world containing different levels of trigonelline. I was reading a study, though, that was looking at different coffee species. So okay. when we talk about coffee, uh, especially in kind of the layman terms, coffee is coffee. We, we don't necessarily realize that there are a bunch of different coffee cultivars and a bunch of different coffee species. Yes, so, but Emil has been a barista and so have I, and so we're both quite into coffee, and Emil does a lot of research into coffee on a practically daily basis, I would say. Absolutely. Um, so there's more to coffee for, for both of us than just um, the caffeine boost and the energy boost. And the coffee we're really into is Caffea Arabica. Um, so Arabica, most of the special coffee, tea, coffee in the world is made from Caffea Arabica. It usually has more aromatics in there, slightly less caffeine levels. But then you also have Caffea Canafora, which is also known as Robusta, so Caffea Robusta. Caffea Robusta is more the kind of coffee, if you go to McDonald's and you get a cup of coffee, it's probably a Robusta, maybe a little bit of Arabica in there to get some different flavor notes. But Caffea Robusta Canafora 
contains more caffeine and it also seems to contain a little bit more trigonelline. So oh, there is a study showing different levels of trigonelline in different coffee species with Caffea Arabica and Caffea Robusta having the overall highest levels and I think Caffea Robusta edging out a little bit. Now, if we look at roasting, there is this common misperception or misconception that light roasted coffees contain more caffeine and therefore are more stimulating than darker roasted coffees. So this is a myth that is perpetuated in pretty much every coffee shop on the planet. Uh, the coffee shops I worked at, that was always kind of the, the thing that was being told to customers. If they come up and they, they want a really, you know, zippy, stimulating cup of coffee, recommend the light roast to them. Um, and the story then always was kind of interesting because, of course, you think like a dark roasted coffee would be more intense. But then it turns out the light roast coffee is more intense. Well, Perhaps just a way to sell more light roast coffee. I don't know. Yes. At the time, light roast wasn't that popular. Now, within specialty coffee, light roast is becoming more and more popular. But if we think about it, one thing uh, that's for sure, and there's been some testing now on this too, and there's a, a famous coffee YouTuber called James Hoffman. He recently uh, made a nice video comparing... Um, caffeine levels between different brewing methods but also between light and dark roasted coffee one thing he found is actually that a light roasted coffee contains less caffeine than dark roasted coffee so myth busted myth busted and it makes a lot of sense because caffeine is a really stable compound it doesn't break down so that was always the the myth basically light roasted coffee contains more caffeine because it hasn't been broken down Whereas in dark roasted coffee, the, the heat of the roasting process breaks down the caffeine and therefore the caffeine levels are lower. What actually happens is that lighter roasted coffee has a higher moisture content. And that means that if we think about it logically, the amount of caffeine in there on a percent weight basis is diluted because there are other things in that lighter roasted coffee bean that are diluting it. In the darker roasted coffee, there is a lesser moisture content, meaning basically in terms of bioactives and sugars and stuff like that, it is more dense. So if we really just focus in on the barista making coffee experience, to simplify it, it would take you, you would have to use more beans of a dark roast. Um, less beans. Oh, sorry, yes. Less beans of a dark roasted coffee to achieve a certain caffeine level. You would have to use more beans of a light roasted coffee to achieve that same caffeine level because the light roasted beans are heavier than the dark roasted beans, meaning that there is more... They're lighter. So the, the light roasted beans mm -hmm. are less dense. Right, that's that's what I meant. There, the light more, roasted beans are less dense. Yes. There's other uh, compounds in the light roasted coffee compared to the dark roasted coffee. Yeah, there's more air, there's more water, there's yeah. more... The darker we roast the coffee, the more it starts to collapse. Then, because caffeine isn't degrading, the, the relative content of caffeine there actually goes up. Another interesting thing is that the darker roasted the coffee is, the more soluble it is. Yeah. So, uh, for example, if you try and make an espresso with a, a light roasted coffee, it's a lot harder than doing that with a darker roasted coffee, which gives up more of its solubles more quickly because the darker roasted beans are more soluble. So basically, 
in that whole light versus dark roast coffee, the dark roasted coffee more than likely will contain more caffeine because one, the bean itself per gram likely contains more caffeine than a light roasted bean. And two, it is more soluble. But one thing that dark roasted coffee would not contain more of than light roasted coffee is trigonelline. Because trigonelline breaks down during the roasting process. Okay. So in a lighter roasted bean, technically or theoretically, there would be more trigonelline uh-huh. in the whole mix. There would be more chlorogenic acid in the mix. In the darker roasted bean, caffeine is really stable. So that's not breaking down. But trigonelline is pretty unstable at these higher temperatures. Chlorogenic acid is pretty unstable. Maybe some of the beta-carbolines are unstable too. So the beta-carbolines are compounds in coffee which inhibit the monoamine oxidase enzymes. So they can actually increase the stimulating effects of caffeine. Which would make sense why people were suggesting for a time light roasted coffees to get more, quote, caffeine benefits, but perhaps they were confused, it's not that the light roasted coffee contains more caffeine, but perhaps the light roasted coffee contains more of these other compounds, which enhance the experience of caffeine and make you feel more awake, give you more of a mood boost, and give you more of that kind of full spectrum coffee experience when comparing it to a super dark roasted coffee. Absolutely. So when you think of like kind of the entourage effect then, Light roasted coffee is more complex in its bioactive makeup and will contain compounds which modulate the effects of caffeine. So this is one of, I was reading a paper on this uh, while we were looking into Dynamax. So I was thinking, and I personally really like the effects of light roasted coffee and I like those effects more than darker roasted coffee. So everything kind of started to get together. So with Dynamax, we thought, okay, well, we need something that we either need beta-carbolines in there to have this monoamine oxidase inhibitor effect, or we need something that kind of mimics these effects. And maybe we need something like trigonelline in there or chlorogenic acid. And then I found a study that was showing um, different types of dopamine releasers in coffee. And one of them was trigonelline. Another one was chlorogenic acid and there wasn't one more. Um, But so there are a few of these compounds in coffee beans, which act as dopamine releasers. Caffeine produces a lot of its effects by inhibiting adenosine receptors. And this then basically increases dopamine release as well. So if you have caffeine, Part of the effect you want is actually this increased levels of dopamine and norepinephrine and serotonin that's kind of giving you those effects. Now combine that with another dopamine releaser and monoamine oxidase inhibitors in the forms of beta-carbolines and coffee becomes a really complex pharmacological beverage because it is hitting that dopaminergic, monoaminergic system from multiple different angles. And trigonelline really stood out here because, hey, it is a dopamine releaser and it is present in fairly high uh, amounts in coffee and especially probably lighter roasted coffee. So that seemed really interesting to us. At the time, we couldn't really get trigonelline to work. We couldn't really source it properly. It made things a little bit too complex. So we went a different route with Dynamax, but I always kept it in my back pocket. So 
when we started talking about fenugreek again, fenugreek more often than not is being marketed for its testosterone boosting effects and its uh, fitness boosting effects. And really there isn't a ton of research actually indicating fenugreek is causing really significant increases in testosterone. Uh, especially not when you compare it to things like Tonga Dali and Sustange. So with that being said, I did do some research and some of the more general uses recommended that uh, fenugreek could be used to help um, get longer, thicker hair uh, because of its effects on DHT, which I thought might be interesting to mention here. And I also did some research and found that it can often be used for um, hormonal purposes for women throughout various stages of their life. And so that made me think perhaps fenugreek has more of a prominent hormonal effect than I had initially realized. It, fenugreek has a hormonal effect for sure. Um, the DHT effects are a little bit strange. So there are definitely some studies which are showing uh, thicker hair with fenugreek and they think it's because it is inhibiting DHT production. Mm -hmm. So DHT being something which for some people seems to thin out their hair. Um, but protodiosin actually speeds up the 5-alpha reductase enzyme that converts testosterone to DHT. So in this particular fenugreek extract... That's totally contradictory. Th there's, there's more of a push probably towards DHT uh, becoming more elevated rather huh. than decreased. But if you look kind of at a lot of the uh, hormonal effects associated with fenugreek, the evidence for it is not always super high. Um, there is some seemingly solid evidence on the fact that fenugreek can boost the amount of free testosterone, so the testosterone that is actually exerting effects on um, uh, the androgen receptors. So having more free testosterone seems to be a good thing. This is kind of where fenugreek seems to slot in for a lot of different bodybuilding products, kind of as a booster of free testosterone. But it is oftentimes kind of put out there as this next level um, uh, testosterone booster. There's even a, a fenugreek extract out there called Testo Surge. Clearly, that's what they're going for. What a name. Uh, what a name. And yes, in terms of female hormones, there is also, in its traditional use, it seems to be used as a galactagogue, so something that can uh, increase breast milk production. It would likely be doing that through prolactin, but the evidence on fenugreek elevating prolactin, especially in breastfeeding women, doesn't really seem to be all too high. And of course, this has also been taken out of context within the bodybuilding world because increased levels of prolactin is not what you want. So this was kind of like a backlash. There were a lot of testosterone boosters that were coming out, which included fenugreek. And then there were bodybuilding websites saying, hey, don't take fenugreek because it's increasing prolactin. And that's kind of achieving the opposite of what we want. Overall, though, it doesn't seem like it has a huge effect on prolactin, nor a huge effect on overall testosterone levels. Yes, a little bit on free testosterone levels and 
potentially a little bit on DHT due to its effects at the proteodiosin content in this extract. But this is one of the reasons why we didn't necessarily heavily market fenugreek as this next big testosterone androgen booster. We already have products that way outperform it in terms of those aspects, being Tongadali, Cystange, there's much more robust evidence for those elevating the androgens. We're going a little bit away from the story I was trying to tell, which is why we ended up going for trigonelline. Um, so if we rewind a little bit, uh, now we're back at the point where, so we're looking at Dynamax, we found this compound trigonelline in coffee and that might enhance the stimulating properties of caffeine. Now, we shelved that for a while, and now we started looking into fenugreek. It's coming up as this testosterone booster. We're not finding a whole lot of super solid evidence of it being a fantastic uh, testosterone booster like Tongadali and Sistange. So we, need a f we thought there can be maybe a, a more interesting way to approach a fenugreek extract. And this is when I realized hey, trigonelline is actually named after the Latin name for fenugreek, which is trigonella... Oh, this is always a really hard one. I think it's called fenum grecum or something like that. But the first part of it is trigonella. Obviously, this is where the name trigonelline comes from. Trigonelline was first uh, isolated from fenugreek. So this presented as a perfect opportunity of, hey, this is a plant that we can standardize for a trigonelline content. During the time that it came out, now we have some evidence showing that trigonelline can act as a dopamine releaser. Now there's even some evidence showing that it's probably acting as a, an MDA antagonist. A, this is an effects profile we really like. So this is part of the reason why we went for trigonelline. We've heard a few people saying, hey, why didn't you um, standardize it for diosgenin? And diosgenin is an interesting compound. Uh, it is oftentimes attributed to having DHEA elevating properties, testosterone elevating properties. Uh, it is something that's in uh, wild yam, so especially for uh, female uh, hormones, this sometimes gets brought up too because uh, they say wild yam is like a, a natural version of progesterone because it contains diosgenin and diosgenin they then claim can convert to progesterone. So this is where I want to put out a bit of a disclaimer there. Diosgenin is a compound that is very frequently used in laboratory settings to synthesize hormones. It is a really good precursor to things like DHEA, pregnenolone, and through that even things like progesterone, testosterone, etc. However, diosgenin within our bodies does not seem to actually convert to any of those hormones. So this is why we didn't standardize fenugreek for diosgenin, but it's also probably why there is a lot of rhetoric out there, especially for female hormones, etc., etc., that diosgenin probably, which is contained in fenugreek, is producing some of those hormones when we take it. I see. Uh, it's probably not happening uh, because diosgenin doesn't seem to be converting 
to um, DHEA in our body or well it would basically the story then would be that diastgenin is a precursor to pregnenolone, pregnenolone then being a precursor to DHEA etc etc but of course you can just better take pregnenolone then rather than standardizing for diastgenin so that's one of the reasons we didn't go for diastgenin still an interesting compound though um, protodeosin of course because tribulus seems to have some of those hormonal effects but then really I, in my opinion the star of the show here being trigonelline uh, for its mood boosting properties uh, its motivation boosting properties its confidence boosting properties and also because of its metabolic health regulating properties so trigonelline also has some really profound effects on glucose processing but to go back again the reason why we went for trigonelline is because of its role in coffee and because it's stimulating. When we first tried it though, I really wasn't prepared for it to actually be this uplifting and this dopaminergic. So that was a really pleasant surprise and something we all really liked. So we really thought we had a winner here, especially when you combine it with those kind of confidence modulating effects of protodeosin, which are probably coming through DHT, but at the same time, they kick in so quickly, uh, you really have to question, is protodeosin doing something else for uh, confidence that is not necessarily DHT related because it is so quick. With that in mind too, with this fenugreek extract, um, it does seem to work quite well for libido, similar to tribulus. So that is uh, an effect I've heard a few times on Reddit now. I can imagine that because the confidence boost and because of the relaxation effects, for sure. Um, I think the motivation and the focus all can contribute to probably an increase in arousal, desire, libido in general. Yes. And th there might be a, a decent amount of hormonal effects going on there too. Again, not really a, a super big focus of this product. We're more so going for the the forgotten about effects of fenugreek because fenugreek is hyped up a lot for its testosterone effects but then you kind of forget the effects that it has some really interesting mood motivation focus enhancing effects and it has some really interesting effects on glucose processing uh, and when you combine all of that though you get a really interesting effect on fitness just general overall fitness so and that is one aspect we did focus on with our fenugreek extract. We weren't necessarily looking to create a really good testosterone booster, but we were looking at something that would just slot into pretty much anyone's workout regimen. Uh, which is also why I think it is interesting that we released L-arginine and fenugreek side by side, because they do kind of work hand in hand in that sense. Uh, L-arginine working on the blood flow aspect of exercise performance and also a little bit on the recovery aspect of exercise and then fenugreek slotting in in that motivation, confidence, recovery uh, kind of stage. So I guess let's talk a little bit about the um, fitness boosting effects then. Yeah, let's talk about that in more detail. Let's just start from, you know, ground zero and talk about why fenugreek is going to benefit people for exercise sessions, maybe in the short term, 
And then how about also longer term as well? So for the short term, the cognitive effects are definitely going to play the biggest role. Um, like we talked about, fenugreek has this uplifting, motivation-boosting effect, a little bit of a confidence-boosting effect, a little bit of an energizing but also relaxing effect. That can be perfect for getting yourself a little bit motivated to get into the gym, increase that mind-muscle connection, give you a little bit of more mental stamina to go through your exercises. And this is, of course, also why it is beneficial for playing music. Music is also very physically demanding. I feel like a lot of people don't really realize just how physically demanding exercise is, but I think Erica can tell you a little bit about how hard that can be. You might not know that it's physically demanding from looking at musicians, but perhaps from smelling them. <laughs> More so the fact that uh, you get quite sweaty in a practice room. Um, but if you are at a rock concert and you're around a bunch of people who are dancing, just imagine that the musicians on stage are are doing that level of exercise or activity, but times three or five, depending on the instrument you might be playing. And then a lot of cognitive demanding stuff is going on too. Making your muscles coordinated with all of the different notes and at fast tempos and keeping track of everything that's going on. And I can imagine then fenugreek is a fantastic um, pre-music playing ingredient. Yeah, I think so too, From just from personal experience. But let's talk a little bit more about you know, a typical gym session and how fenugreek might help in that scenario, because that might be more relatable for everyone who's listening. Absolutely, but there's a lot of crossover there too, because if we are thinking about certain types of exercises, and they also require fine motor control. And it's something a lot of people also don't think about, maybe like if you are going for a run, anyone can just put on a pair of shoes and go running and just put in brute strength. But if you look at really elite level runners, there's a lot of cognitive processing that's going on there to get the balance right, to, to get your strides right. And there's a lot of training that happens there. So I think with a lot of exercise, especially when it gets to more elite levels of exercise, when it gets more specialized, there's a lot of that mind-muscle connection that needs to happen. And I think something like fenugreek is really interesting there. And of course, you oftentimes also need a little bit of a motivating push, a little bit more energy, maybe a little bit more aggression to really grind through those heavy workouts. And I think that's where fenugreek makes a good alternative to tribulus. Tribulus, of course, being that, that crazier, more pushy, more stimulating, more aggressive counterpart to fenugreek, I think... If you really need a high level of motivation, if you really need a kick in the pants, if you are doing some deadlifts or something along those lines, tribulus is fantastic. I think fenugreek, though, would be beneficial for exercise that is more focused on technique because yes. the relaxation and the mood boost, I think, can help relieve some of the obstacles or the blocks that can start to come in, crowd your mind when you're working on a really difficult technique or perhaps learning something new. And that kind of um, focus and that kind of perseverance, that's something that I really like about the effects of fenugreek. If you want to give up, you don't because there's still this kind of baseline calm and confidence that tells you, no, it's okay, we can keep going and we're going to because you know, I'm on a mission. 
Exactly. And, and I think, you know, if you're doing something like Olympic lifting, where you need a little bit more technique, a little bit more fine motor control, but still a lot of brute strength, fenugreek is fantastic. And tribulus might just get you a little bit too jumpy, too excited for such complex movements. Um, of course, if you are going in and you're doing some heavy deadlifts, tribulus then would be fantastic. But I think fenugreek really shines in this more skilled exercise um running cycling stuff like that stuff where you don't climbing climbing yoga. would be a really good one i, I would Dance. say that yoga would be a really nice one uh to take fenugreek because it it gives you that nice mind muscle connection that you need to really feel those deep stretches in yoga in yoga of course you also need quite a bit of strength in your shoulders to to keep yourself upright and not slipping all over your mat so i think Fenugreek, just for the mental effects, would be really interesting in things like yoga, uh, things like dancing, like you just mentioned. Skateboarding. Uh, skateboarding. Actually, yeah. If if I was taking this back in the day when I was skating, that seems like it would be a, a really nice um, pre-skating kind of ingredient. But we've talked a lot about the mental benefits, the cognitive benefits from fenugreek and how that can help exercise. But there must be also a physical benefit too. And where is that coming from? Absolutely. So when we exercise, we need to power our muscles, of course. And a lot of that energy source is coming from glycogen. Glycogen being a sort of stored uh, sugar, it's kind of where when we eat carbohydrates, eventually it will get stored as glycogen in our muscles. And then we can use this glycogen to power through exercise. But at the end of exercise, our glycogen stores will become depleted. So then, of course, we have to eat again and we have to uh, replenish those glycogen stores. Well, fenugreek has a really interesting effect on Glucose processing has an interesting effect on insulin release and insulin resistance. And when you kind of look at the whole broad picture of what fenugreek is doing, then it seems that fenugreek will actually help replenish those glycogen stores quicker. So in terms of recovering from exercise, uh, fenugreek could be a really interesting option because it can help replenish those glycogen stores. Uh, and this would especially become pertinent if you're exercising multiple times a day. So oftentimes people are exercising just one time you go to the gym for an hour or two hours, you get one exercise in. But a lot of elite level athletes actually will exercise multiple times in a day. I know, for example, um, I forget his name, but there's a, oh yeah, Boroshenko, I think. He's a really famous um, powerlifting uh, coach and he actually has a method where you will be coming in for at least two workouts during the day so having something like fenugreek in the mix and being able to replenish those glycogen stores quicker will help you get more out of those two workouts in one day then of course this probably will not apply to the average person but could be really beneficial for someone who's at a much more elite level then but even for people who aren't at that level and are just exercising once a day um, maybe just two or three times a week it can still be really beneficial to have something that's helping to replenish those glycogen stores even if you're not an expert i think 
if you were going on a long hiking trip or let's say you're going on a vacation, you're going to be doing a lot of surfing or like you're going to engage in a challenging physical activity for a more prolonged period of time than you're used to, that this would be a really good complement to that. Absolutely. And of course, then when we're talking about uh, muscle growth, insulin becomes a, a big factor there too. And having good insulin uh, sensitivity is really interesting. And something like fenugreek will help there, uh, will help probably a little bit more on the anabolic side through that pathway. And of course, it's just good for our overall metabolic health. So the better our metabolic health is, the, the physically fitter we are going to be. And that's another thing that fenugreek helps with. It helps with lipid metabolism. So helping kind of partition where all of the, the dietary fats we are eating, what's happening with those, how they're getting stored. So obviously with that in mind, fenugreek is oftentimes also uh, marketed as a weight loss supplement. And I think based on the metabolic effects, there can definitely be something to that. Um, having better glucose processing and having better lipid processing and just generally a higher metabolic rate in that sense then would certainly with, of course, a healthy diet and a good amount of exercise probably help you attain some of those weight loss goals. It's kind of funny that you mention it can be used for that purpose because when I was researching, I actually found that sometimes it's used to help stimulate appetite, which would make sense because if you're processing your food more and your, your um, metabolic function is, let's say, better, then perhaps you might be getting more hungry, which is a good sign for weight loss, but perhaps it can also be used to stimulate the appetite too. Yeah, that's kind of an interesting one I haven't necessarily come across. And I don't know about you, but I don't necessarily, at least with this fenugreek extract, feel like it might even do a little bit of the opposite. Mm, for me, it makes me more hungry. Okay, interesting. Yeah. But for I have a pretty with... fast metabolism, and I usually get hungry sooner than you do on a daily basis. That's true. For me, with these more stimulating effects, um, it doesn't necessarily suppress my hunger at all. Um, but it, I, I'm just not thinking about food that much. I'm, I'm really focused on what's going on. Whereas there are definitely things that increase my appetite. Mm -hmm. This probably not being one of them, mostly due to the more stimulating effects. Well, if you are a person who tries fenugreek and you find that you're getting more hungry or it is stimula stimulating your appetite, you might not be completely off because it is having an effect on your metabolic function. But for some people, perhaps it can be useful for this weight loss purpose also. Yeah, ba basically anything that really speeds up our uh, metabolic processes can be useful for weight loss, uh, especially if it's helping with glucose metabolism, lipid metabolism. So you see a lot of different supplements will be helpful here. Berberine being a big example, of course. Um, and, and some of those other related compounds, uh, things that activate AMPK kind of simulate what happens when we fast. All of those things can help with overall weight loss and just body recomposition. So it uh, sounds like fenugreek is just generally supportive of a lot of different functions that kind of surround exercise and staying absolutely. fit and you know keeping your weight let's say, in a manageable place. Yes, and it also has inflammation and oxidation regulating effects. 
Um, so that will help with recovery. And then you get the metabolic effects in there and, and that will help with making sure all of the foods we're intaking are getting partitioned nicely. So in terms of that, fenugreek is really interesting for enhancing overall fitness. And then we get into the slightly more controversial effects, of course. Uh, what is fenugreek doing for our hormones? Well, we know that protodiosin is speeding up the 5-alpha reductase enzyme, so there is a chance that fenugreek is elevating DHT. DHT is much more potent than the androgen receptor than testosterone, so there is something to be said for things that enhance DHT can have a nice muscle building effect. Fenugreek doesn't seem to have super strong evidence necessarily for um, elevating DHT, so maybe take that with a grain of salt, but of course protodeosin is in there, so based on that it may be increasing DHT, but we're not totally sure. There are some studies that have shown uh, strength benefits with fenugreek, so it clearly is doing something, whether that is through the metabolic pathways or through an androgenic pathway is a little bit unknown. Uh, but one thing that it does seem to do relatively well is increase the amount of free testosterone. So testosterone can really uh, exist in two different forms. You either have bound testosterone, which would be bound to sex hormone binding globulin, SHBG. And when testosterone is bound to SHBG, it can't interact with androgen receptors and produce its anabolic effects. So testosterone needs to become liberated of SHBG before it can act on those testosterone receptors. And it seems that fenugreek um, facilitates this, so it can help dissociate the testosterone from the SHBG, and by that mechanism it can increase free testosterone levels. It doesn't seem like these increases in free testosterone are huge, but they seem to be signif statistically significant in some studies. So I think this, when we're talking about hormones and androgens, this is probably the most interesting effect. And then we can, of course, think about combining this with other testosterone boosters like Tonga Dali, which really has been shown can boost total testosterone levels. Then you combine it with something like fenugreek and that total testosterone can then um, be optimized for more free testosterone. So I think there, there's a really interesting way in which fenugreek can be incorporated in different stacks. Now, one other really interesting thing that kept popping up in a few studies is that fenugreek can enhance strength, but it can really enhance strength when fenugreek and creatine are taken at the same time. So there was a study, and for those of you that are not aware, if you take creatine with a carbohydrate source, creatine can absorb a little bit better into your muscles. So this is why oftentimes Creatine is not taken pre-workout, but mostly post-workout together with a carbohydrate in a shake or something like that uh, with some oats or with a, a meal that contains rice, basically some carbohydrates. So there was this study that was comparing a dose of 5 grams of creatine plus 70 grams of dextrose, which is just glucose, it's basic sugar. Uh, well, not table sugar, that's a, that's a different thing, but it's a really good uh, source of glucose. So 
combining five grams of creatine with this dextrose, you get more absorption of creatine into your muscles than just creatine alone. But then they compared it to fenugreek. So then they did 3.5 grams of uh, creatine and a dose of fenugreek. And it seemed like even with that lower dose of uh, creatine and the fenugreek, the combination was outperforming 5 grams of creatine and 70 grams of dextrose. When we then consider the insulin effects and the, the glucose processing effects, one of the reasons why glucose or sugar helps, or carbohydrates in general, helps enhance creatine uptake is because of the effects the carbohydrates have on insulin response. And fenugreek seems to do a similar thing where it enhances the insulin response and this is what helps um, creatine enter our muscles. And it appears that fenugreek is perhaps even doing this better than carbohydrates itself. And then you get the benefit of not having to consume extra carbohydrates when a lot of people don't want to be doing that. And I can imagine this would be especially interesting if you are on a keto diet and maybe you've always taken your uh, creatine with a carbohydrate source, but now if you're doing a keto diet, you're maybe not wanting to uh, intake that level of carbohydrates anymore, so then having an alternative would be interesting. So then fenugreek together with creatine would be an interesting option to bypass that kind of carbohydrate enhance, creatine enhancing effect. Um, and of course, in this study, there's also a big chance that just fenugreek in and of itself has strength enhancing effects that are synergistic with creatine. So it seems that it can enhance the uptake of creatine into muscles and work together with creatine to increase strength. So I think they did this on one rep maximum of a bench press or a leg press. That's kind of a standard test uh, to, to test for strength. But the combination seems to enhance strength, whether that is through a, an androgenic um, mechanism through freeing up testosterone, maybe a little bit more DHT, Maybe it's just uh, its effects on glycogen stores, its effects on glucose metabolism. Either way, fenugreek seems to have a really interesting effect on physical fitness. How long has the fenugreek extract been out now? Has it been about a week or so? Uh, I think it's been about two weeks. Now. About two weeks, yeah. okay. I'm curious to know for anyone who is taking the fenugreek extract um, specifically for exercise purposes, if you're noticing anything changing already. Um, of course, you have to take extracts for sometimes quite a while to notice the effects, but I'm curious whether you can determine something is, is changing within the first couple of days or even the first week, because what you're saying about the, the pathway, how it's actually increasing strength, is it faster if it goes through more of a hormonal route? Is it going to be slower? It would be slower. Yeah. Okay, I see. I would think that modulating the amount of available like fuel to really use your muscles mm -hmm. is going to have a faster overall effect. So then if we're looking at things like enhancing ATP, um, enhancing glycogen stores and utilization, you'd have a little bit of a quicker effect there. Okay. The actual anabolic effects, if they are related to androgens, would probably take a little bit more time. I see. I'm curious, share your experience uh, with us on Reddit, that's r slash Nootropics Depot, because I think maybe that can lend a little bit more information to 
perhaps the mechanism that's causing the strength increase. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and there's a lot of ongoing evidence uh, research going on there too. So I, I think just for general fitness, if we kind of just disregard the, the controversial testosterone stuff, I think fenugreek is really interesting in and of itself, even apart from the testosterone effects. And I think we tend to get really hyper-focused on testosterone when we think fitness, but it's not as simple as just testosterone. There's a lot of other things that are important. This is, of course, why creatine is so popular. Yes, of course, there, there is some evidence that creatine is enhancing dihydrotestosterone levels, but the real reason we are taking creatine for its strength benefits is because it's helping to enhance ATP in our muscles. So phosphocreatine being a phosphate source for generating ATP. So that is one of the reasons why creatine works. And I think it's really interesting to consider then taking fenugreek and creatine together. And if we really think about it, where is fenugreek going to fit in the best? I think for more acute benefits for fitness, like we talked about earlier, taking it pre-workout is really interesting because it helps enhance that mental focus, motivation, confidence, mind-muscle connection. I think that's really beneficial. Maybe if you're already taking a strong stimulant-based pre-workout, it would actually be a little bit better to take the fenugreek post-workout as so, a recovery as a recovery but also you know some of these pre-workouts are pretty intense and can leave you with a bit of a, a crashing feeling afterwards due to their high amount of caffeine and other stimulants i could imagine that fenugreek would be good to take after a workout because it can help you relax but also still have some more motivation to get things done in your general life for the rest of your day, especially if you're exercising earlier in the day or using up a lot of your energy, having some more relaxation, I think can help soften that exhaustion you have. Exactly. So I, I think that would be a, a really interesting use case. Use it as a post-workout and stack it together with your creatine. And add some tart cherry. Yeah, I add some tart cherry. Um, our next release, we're going to have another really interesting recovery supplement, uh, which has a little bit something to do with tart cherry. So keep an eye out for that too. But tart cherry would be really interesting because then you're tackling recovery from a lot of different angles. And of course, the quicker you can recover from physical exercise, the quicker you can re-engage in physical exercise. And after all, it is the total amount of workload that you're putting in the total amount of weights that you can lift, repetitions, etc., that is helping you grow stronger muscles, get stronger, uh, look bigger, become faster. So recovery is always a, a big part of the equation. And I think fenugreek slots in quite nicely. And of course, I, I think a lot of serious athletes are taking creatine and taking fenugreek alongside with your creatine would then be a really good way to stretch the benefits you're getting from creatine just by enhancing its uptake. So I think that's a really interesting option here too. But overall, it seems like fenugreek is a really interesting option for overall fitness. And I personally like it and I'm interested in once I'm getting back into the gym again or into a, a more regimented fitness um, program, I'm still kind of recovering from the move we just made to the Netherlands and getting everything figured out here. But once I 
have a little bit more free time and can focus on uh, an exercise regime again, fenugreek is definitely something I will think of incorporating into my fitness just because of these metabolic enhancing effects and because I want to take it together with creatine. I like that idea. I find that fenugreek is so beneficial for motivation and focus that it's something I want to take more often just for my quality of life and ability to stick with the task. Um, it definitely helps when it comes to practicing uh, for motivation and also my mental endurance, I would say. Um, but I would like to try it out before a bike ride. I would like to try it out before going to yoga and see how those cognitive effects and the physical effects might add to the experience and the enjoyment also. Because the mood boost is, is really significant and I think it would also be fun to take uh, before going to see some music as well. Yeah, that seems like an interesting use case for me too. I feel like it would stack quite nicely with a beer <laughs> uh, at a concert. And it would give me a little bit more uh, confidence to, to kind of stand in a big crowd and move around and, and maybe find my way back to the bar again to grab another beer. <laughs> uh, so I think fenugreek would definitely be a nice one for being out and about, um, increasing social ability. So we, we often get the question of, what do I take if I want to go out and socialize? If I just want to go to a concert and, and chat with random people and, you know, I can never really get myself to do that un unless it really comes up organically. Um, but I feel like fenugreek would maybe make it more likely to strike up a conversation with someone because it just, it seems to make it rewarding to chat with people to be more social. So I think as a social lubricant, fenugreek would be really interesting on a night out and would then give you the um, extra kind of fitness to, to stand and dance all night long. Absolutely. So it seems like we're, we're nearing toward the part of the podcast where we discuss stacks. Am I sensing this correctly? You are, but I think we have to address the one elephant in the room. Oh. Um, and that is the smell. Uh, yeah, actually that's something that is really, um, a part of almost every general article about fenugreek that you would find just from Google. Um, and it's also something that I notice on a nearly daily basis when you open up the cabinet where we're storing the fenugreek, but it's sitting a couple feet away from us at the moment. But have you ever noticed that when you take the fenugreek, your body odor smells like that or your urine smells like that? Not yet. And, and when we say smells like that, by the way, we're talking about this very distinct maple syrup smell. This is an effect or that curry. people, or, or curry smell. This is an effect that people um, can sometimes get from prolonged use of a fenugreek supplement is that your urine or your body odor starts to smell like maple syrup or curry. I have not noticed this yet, but I haven't been taking it regularly. Have you noticed this for yourself? I haven't noticed it either. Um... There've been a few people on Reddit now who seem to not notice it either. The thing with fenugreek is it contains a compound called sotalon, which is a lactone. And sotalon in high concentrations smells like curry and in low concentrations smells like maple syrup. And it seems like when you orally consume this compound, 
it can end up in your urine. And you can detect it in really, really low concentrations. I, I forget what the exact concentration is, but that maple syrup smell, it, it can be a few micrograms in your urine and you would be smelling it quite a bit. It is a volatile compound. It would be coming out kind of as a gas in the air. You'd be able to, to smell it then. Um, this is a really big detractor for people when they're taking fenugreek. It is not something we realized was so big of a problem when we were first doing our beta testing uh, and just general product R&D for the fenugreek. So it's not something that really crossed our minds as, as a feature that we didn't want to have there. Um, but inadvertently, we didn't really plan on this, but it seems like we made a fenugreek extract that doesn't seem to really cause this body odor effect. Because from other people, uh, what I've heard reports from people taking other fenugreeks, is that even after the first dose, their pee reeks of maple syrup. Yeah, I have uh, not experienced that at all. Yeah, and I think neither. I would notice that because the cognitive effects or the perceptible benefits, let's say, of this fenugreek extract are very strong. So I would imagine if, if the smell is something that happens right away, like on a day like today, I would smell it, but I don't smell anything. No, me neither. And I would um, probably have noticed it for you because you've been taking it more often than I have, mm -hmm. but I haven't noticed a, a change at all. Yeah, because from what we've heard, the body odor changes can be so strong that a person sitting next to you can smell it. Um, I've not noticed that. So I, I've kind of tried to do some research into this um, to see is sotalon maybe not water soluble or ethanol soluble that doesn't seem to be the case so uh, our fenugreek extract it's from the seeds and it's specifically a water ethanol extract so i thought maybe it has low solubility in those extract or those solvents it doesn't or well it does have high solubility in those solvents and uh, so that's not it I was also looking into the, the thermal stability of it. So maybe if the extract is being um, done at a higher temperature, it could be breaking down some of the sotalon. Or in the spray drying process, maybe the sotalon is coming out uh, because it is a volatile compound. So if there's some heat involved in the spray drying or a different drying technique, then it's maybe coming out there. I will say that the powder itself smells quite strongly of like a curry maple syrup. Definitely. Uh, and like Erica was saying, the cabinet where it's in, if I open it up, you can smell the maple syrup curry-like smell coming out of it. I also had a toothbrush laying close by the uh, bag of fenugreek. Oh no. And uh, I think it was there for about a month. This was a completely new toothbrush. Um, I bought it in a two-pack, was just saving it. <laughs> so the time came to then use that uh, toothbrush. And every day when I was brushing my teeth, I kept thinking, it's so weird. Like whenever I brush my teeth, I'm smelling maple syrup and curry, not remembering that I had put the uh, toothbrush next to the fenugreek extract. Um, after a while I caught on, but the smell is now out of the rubber of the toothbrush, but it was real. it was there for a couple of weeks. So it's the very powerful stuff is there. 
I guess in other fenugreek extracts, it's probably there in a much higher concentration. So because you can smell sotlon at such low concentrations, I think there is some there, but it's probably in a low enough concentration where it's not causing that weird body odor. But sotlon is a pretty interesting compound and it's resulted in some funny scenarios. So <laughs> apparently in New York City one time, there was a facility processing fenugreek seeds and they were emitting quite a bit of sodalon into the air and it made all of Manhattan smell like maple syrup for a little while. Um, Which so sounds a little bit pleasant. But it sounds at pleasant the time, compared to the normal piss smells that hang around. For Manhattan. sure, for <laughs> sure. But at the time, people were very worried. They thought it was a biological weapon. Yes. So... Turns out it wasn't. It was just fruiterum processing some uh, fenugreek seeds. Um, but it's, it's a potent compound that, yeah, in small concentrations, I think you can smell it in our extract, but it might not be enough to make your body odor smell like it. It might not be enough to really be emitting significant concentrations. Whereas I think maybe some other fenugreek extracts, for whatever reason, I think they probably also smell a little bit stronger like curry i would imagine i think if your extract really smells like pure curry then maybe uh, that's an indication there's a lot of sotalon in there because sotalon in high concentration smells like curry but if it smells a little bit sweeter like maple syrup then perhaps the concentration's a bit lower yeah that's and, good to know and ours uh i would say it's maple syrup with a curry tinge um it's some, it's curry pancakes yeah so so i was going to say uh some other people on the team have said it smells like a maple syrup muffin oh okay uh, so it has kind of that baked good yeah. quality to it mm -hmm. i think for people who maybe didn't grow up with as much curry the um like curry like sotlon note is maybe coming off more as like a baked goods baked bread kind of warm uh smell um for people who grew up around curries it's coming off more as a, a curry smell and i think i was reading some articles uh, sotlon is also a compound that is found in oxidized wines um so specifically some wine styles like um Sherry wine, which is an oxidized uh, wine. Vin Jaune from uh, Jura, which is a special type of oxidized wine, is quite high in Sotelon. Uh, port wine is quite high in Sotelon. For people who grew up around curries and are particularly sensitive to Sotelon, some of these wines actually smell a little bit curry-like. Oh, um, I've never experienced that before, but I can think of this... Um, kind of pancake sweetness this baked good sweetness in in those kinds of fortified wines yeah if you have a a port wine um to me it always has a bit of like a stewed kind of hmm. warm quality to it yeah so that might be some of the sotelon i've never had a vin Jaune from um uh, the jura area but i'm quite interested in trying one of those out now because apparently those really have some elevated levels of sotalon and it can also I be think madeira too madeira will have, have uh, quite a bit of sotalon in there so basically 
uh, sotlon would be a marker of oxidation. And apparently in the, the Burgundy wine area, after about 1996, and no one really knows why this is, but the Burgundy wines, especially the Burgundy white wines, started to oxidize a little bit quicker, and they started to display higher levels of sotlon. And then this would come off as a defect, uh, kind of smelling this maple syrup, curry-like smell. If that's happening in the wine, that is a... Um, indicator of premature oxidation. And we actually recently uh, got lucky enough to taste a really old Burgundy wine from 1996. I guess it's not really old for us. That seems crazy old because that's almost our age. Um, and the cork was kind of falling apart and it didn't necessarily taste oxidized, but it kind of reminded me of maybe a port wine. And hearing these stories about kind of the, the Sautelon and some of these Burgundy wines, maybe there was uh, some elevated level of Sautelon in that wine, but it was in a really pleasant way and it kind of gave off this stewed, maybe baked good kind of aroma. So anyways, long Blue story blueberry about pie. Uh, blueberry <laughs> pie, long story about Sautelon and the elephant in the room. But I think as it stands, our uh, fenugreek has kind of this pleasant, maple syrup pancake with a curry tinge smell to it uh, in the bottle and in our body it seems to emit uh, normal smelling bodily odors so that's good uh, i can imagine it becomes quite distracting when your pee smells like maple syrup all the time i was honestly thinking it was kind of a novel fun effect that <laughs> would happen with fenugreek when we were first looking into it so i really paid attention to it i'm not gonna say i sniffed my pee really up close um, no, but of course i not. definitely paid attention to it because i was kind of secretly hoping my pee would smell like i maple knew syrup. you were <laughs> Um, and I, at the time, was disappointed that my pee did not smell like maple but syrup. But I'm I not was... disappointed that you smell strongly, um, that your body odor smells strongly, because I think perhaps that could get a little bit... It's just distracting, like you said. It's not a bad mm -hmm. thing, but it's well, just something that it, it wouldn't smell like you, naturally. Yeah. And, you know, if I'm going to the bathroom at the office or something and I'm leaving and people think I'm eating... Uh, pancakes with maple syrup in there and that's maybe not the best thing either i mean no but certainly humorous i do feel that we should probably reel this back in well, well what i just one thing that i the the last thing i want to say yes. there is okay i was disappointed my pee did not smell like maple syrup because i'm a weirdo but it turns <laughs> out that this is a good thing because one of the things that has kept people away from supplementing with fenugreek is that their pee is smelling like maple syrup at first, curry later, and that their body odor follows. It seems like with our fenugreek extract, this isn't the case. So if you're worried about that, maybe try ours out for a while and see if it is affecting your body odor at all, because it doesn't seem in initial testing with a handful of people and now some customer testimonies on Reddit that this is happening with ours. We will maybe at some point see if we can test the Sotlon content because I'm kind of curious if if we somehow made a low Sotlon extract. I heard some people say on Reddit if we can really make a low Sotlon fenugreek extract, it would be a game changer. 
well, maybe we already did, so maybe we already have a game changer, but we need some more data, we need some more experience reports. So as we've been saying throughout this podcast too, if you've tried it, if you've experienced no body odor changes, or maybe you have experienced some body odor changes, please make a post about it on Reddit. We would love to collect a little bit more data on this to see what's happening. But for right now, it seems like we've maybe dodged a bullet a little bit and our fenugreek does not produce this weird smell. So and Emil's disappointment. We didn't disappointment know how much of an issue this was for people. But yeah, yeah my disappointment is, is your, your benefit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay, so with that, I think it's time to discuss stacks. Yes. And there was a stack that was mentioned on Reddit um, talking about combining Sustanch with fenugreek for its testosterone benefits and also for benefiting workouts. And I think that sounds like a great start um, to a workout specific stack. But let's add a couple of other things. Um, Sustanch, fenugreek, what would you add to a workout stack for like before your workout? Uh, okay, so before the workout, I, I wouldn't do Sistange. Uh, Why not? Because with Sistange, you are more looking for a prolonged increase in hormone levels. So okay. one of the things Sistange is doing, it is upregulating the steroidogenic enzymes. And if you want to learn more about those enzymes, our previous podcast episode on pregnenolone, actually, no, our previous one was on magnesium. Yes. The one so. before that, mm -hmm. right? Uh, we discussed the steroidogenic enzymes a little bit more, but Sistanch is upregulating those steroidogenic enzymes and that is then resulting in increases in testosterone. It doesn't necessarily have like any acute effects that would be beneficial to exercise. So this is something we often uh, run into when we're helping customers out or people on Reddit with designing stacks. Usually people think if something is affecting testosterone that they need to take it right before a workout. Um, or that because creatine helps with strength that you have to take it pre-workout. That was my thinking. Well, that's not true because creatine takes weeks to really kick in because you're basically topping up those phosphocreatine pools and that's what is then helping with the ATP level. So if you were to just wake up tomorrow, take a scoop of creatine and go to the gym, you're not going to perform any better in the gym than you would have without that scoop of creatine. If you take creatine for two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, at the normal five gram dose, then after a few weeks, you will start noticing pretty significant performance benefits. But that means you are just topping up this pool of creatine in your body and you don't necessarily need to take it specifically pre-workout. There is no benefit to taking it at that point because there really are no acute benefits for fitness. I think that's kind of similar uh, when we think about Sistange. With Sistange, we are upregulating these enzymes. That's going to take a little while. Then when those enzymes are upregulated, we are interested in elevating our pool of available testosterone. So that's also not something that's going to be an acute effect. So Sistange would be more, you can just take it whenever. Um, you don't really have to time it around a workout. Okay. But an interesting thing could be, uh, as a post-workout, it could be cystange, fenugreek, and creatine. 
um, because creatine uptake might actually be a little bit higher after workout anyways. Uh, then you have the fenugreek helping creatine absorb and then cystanche is just there because yeah, it's maybe just a convenient time to take it, but it doesn't really matter when you take it. But I see. if we are thinking specifically of a pre-workout stack, there are a few things that we want to target. So usually when you're taking a pre-workout, you want to increase the intensity of your workout. You want to be more focused. You want to be more energized. You basically want to feel stronger without maybe necessarily really becoming stronger. Um, of course, if you take uh, higher doses of creatine or, or sorry, higher doses of caffeine, you can feel stronger, but you might actually not tire out as quickly. That's one of the benefits caffeine has. So maybe caffeine can prolong the level of strength that you have, which is why it's popular as a pre-workout ingredient. But when we think about that, and we think about some of the stuff we were saying about uh, trigonelline earlier, trigonelline would actually go really well with caffeine. So I think taking trigonelline, or taking our fenugreek with trigonelline pre-workout together with a caffeine source would be an interesting way to design kind of a stimulating performance enhancing pre-workout stack. And then of course, what uh, caffeine product would you combine it with? Um, that is kind of up to personal preference. I would say if you combine fenugreek with caffeine-L-theanine, maybe in that flipped ratio of 200 milligrams caffeine, 100 milligrams L-theanine, then you would get a really nice and stimulating, but also like flow state kind of effect. So if you have to do a little bit more of a, a technical workout where you have to be focused, but not too stimulated, that would be a nice one. If you want to have a little bit more of that warm mood boosting dopaminergic effect, I would suggest stacking the fenugreek together with caffeine not as your caffeine source. And if you want something that kicks in really quickly, is a little bit more intense and a little bit more mood boosting, um, then dynamine would be really interesting together with the fenugreek. The dynamine has this nice rounded mood boosting effect and it was one of the things that we put in Dynamax to kind of give it that more coffee-like mood boosting effect. So if you combine that together with fenugreek, you get a really pretty powerful, like mood boosting, feel good kind of stack that would maybe make it more rewarding to work out. Then of course, you could stack it together with Dynamax. Um, that would really make for a strong combination. That's also one of the combinations we list on the product description. Uh, and I, I really like that uh, combination because it gives an even more well-rounded effect. Um, if we move away from caffeine sources, there are some other interesting things we could stack with fenugreek. So I think Alcar would be an interesting one to stack with fenugreek pre-workout. Um, and then Tribulus. So we've kept talking about the similarities between uh, fenugreek and Tribulus. But what we haven't really discussed is what happens when you take both Tribulus and fenugreek. And we've been doing a lot of testing on this. We are developing a, a super secret stack in the background that uh, involves a combination of these two. So within our testing, 
we have discovered that some of those rough kind of agitated edges of uh, tribulus can be smoothed out by fenugreek interestingly enough so you are adding more protodeus into the mix you are adding fenugreek's own brand of confidence and motivation boosting effects on top of the tribulus but instead of making the tribulus more intense it actually smooths out some of the rough parts while enhancing some of the positives so i think pre-workout combining tribulus and fenugreek makes for a really interesting stack too um, then of course things like rhodiola rosea stack really nicely with fenugreek for the physical energizing effects um, what else? What what would be something you would combine with the fenugreek for a pre-workout? I think fenugreek is so relaxing that I would combine it with something that is mm, more physically stimulating. And for me, some of the NAD plus um, boosting or, or focused supplements, those can be quite physically stimulating, giving me this kind of cellular energy. Um, so I might take something like NADH or perhaps um, nicotinamide mononucleotide as well, NMN, because I feel like the fenugreek, it's, it's very calm and it's very smooth. And I wouldn't want to add something relaxing onto that if I also needed to like increase my energy and increase my output and intensity. Yeah, that, that's a good combination too with NADH. Um, that would definitely work well. Um, let's see, what else do we have then? Physical energy-wise. Yeah. You could do CoQsol CF, and that would help acutely uh, enhance ATP levels, kind of gives you that cellular energy effect too. Um, it could probably work well with some of the mushroom extracts too yeah, that cordyceps are working with uh, would be great. mitochondrial function too. Yeah, so I think... In that sense, the cordyceps 10 to 1 would be nice uh, okay. to stack with fenugreek. So I think if we kind of bring it all together into one bigger pre-workout stack, I like your idea of NADH. NADH also helps enhance ATP levels uh, quite quickly. So that one I would like to have in there. I really like the idea of the cordyceps 10 to 1. It kind of helps with overall um, oxygen levels in your blood too and seems to have some good acute um, fitness boosting effects. So fenugreek, NADH, cordyceps 10 to 1. Then if you really want that extra level of kind of motivation and aggression, I would add in tribulus. And then if you want that pump, you could also add in L-arginine. Exactly. So using kind of those building blocks, you can kind of build out your perfect pre-workout with it. Um, so that would be the pre-workout side of things. I think it's really beneficial there. And then, of course, in the post-workout, um, benefits are there too. So depending on how you like to structure your workouts with your supplements, I would say use it pre-workout if you're trying to get the, the cognitive effects there. But if you're trying to get only more of the physical recovery, kind of muscle growth effects going, I would actually move it to your post-workout and maybe take it together with creatine. Nice. So aside from workout stacks, we could also focus a little bit on the mood boosting effects and 
um, thinking about taking fenugreek for a mood boost on an everyday basis, what might be nice to stack around this? And from personal experience today, um, I took a full stack with all of the mood boosters that are currently in my stack. And then I took fenugreek a little bit later, right after drinking a shot of espresso. So actually I had this kind of full spectrum daily stack experience um, before starting recording this podcast today. I think that Cognance would be a really nice combination with fenugreek because I just really like Cognance overall every single day and it's in my stack. I'm taking two capsules of Cognance and then adding that along to the fenugreek. we're getting low on our coriander, our supercritical coriander solution, but this is also something I've been taking um, perhaps more acutely for moments when I want to relax a little bit more or I need to focus and just kind of take the edge off. So I think that could also work really well um, for the mood benefits because coriander is a super, super effective uh, relaxation and calming supplement that I think goes very well with fenugreek. Yeah, that would definitely be a good combination. I've not tried the combination, but I'm actually kind of curious to try that now. Um, So for me, one thing I've noticed is that the effects of... um, Oh, one thing we haven't really gotten into as much, I guess, is why it's producing the uh, mood-boosting effects. One of the reasons is it does seem to act as an NMDA receptor blocker. This is something that in general seems to enhance mood quite a bit. We have quite a lot of NMDA antagonists now, uh, magnesium being a a big NMDA blocker, agmatine, uh, polygala, saffron is an NMDA antagonist. Uh, So it seems like the things that have that NMDA antagonist activity are are great for mood. Trigonelline seems to have that and seems to be somewhat potent in that effect too. And then of course the dopamine release. So what we're really working with in terms of acute mood boosting properties for fenugreek is this combination of dopamine release and NMDA antagonism. And I have found that NMDA antagonism and some dopamine release also goes really nice with some serotonergic activity. Um, So I've been beta testing here and there some canna extracts, some silicium tortuosum. And I have also been beta testing some canna extracts too. Yeah. And you haven't tried it together with fenugreek yet, but I recently tried it together with fenugreek and really liked the effects of that combination. It seemed to make both a little bit stronger. Uh, Of course, we don't have canna at the moment. Um, But... I found that when I compared the uh, saffron or when I compared canna to saffron stacking it with fenugreek that it had a similar effects profile and it kind of increased that NMDA antagonist effect too because saffron is acting as an NMDA antagonist in addition to trigonelline uh, acting as an NMDA antagonist in fenugreek. So those two stack very nicely together and i find that other serotonergic leaning supplements seem to stack quite nicely with fenugreek so that brings everything together i find actually and if we're also talking about metabolic health stack stacking berberine and uh, fenugreek together makes for a really interesting stack um, for just general glucose metabolism but Berberine also is a sigma receptor agonist, 
which has some really interesting mood effects and seems to stack nicely with NMDA antagonism too. And berberine enhances norepinephrine levels, which I find that dopamine release just by itself or increases in dopamine, it increases motivation, it increases mood, it increases focus a little bit, but it can be kind of nice and mellow, nice and warm and rounded. And when you add in a little bit more norepinephrine, it can kind of hone those effects in a little bit more and enhance the focusing properties. Um, so berberine is interesting there because it can both increase the mood enhancing properties of fenugreek through the sigma receptor agonism and uh, it can hone in the focus effects a little bit more with adding a bit more norepinephrine to the mix. So I find those stack very nicely together too. So serotonin for more mood, a little bit more norepinephrine for a little bit more focus. Um, with that in mind, it goes quite well with subroxy as well um, for adding a little bit more dopamine to the mix through a different pathway. And it, it goes quite well for mood with caffeine. And this, of course, then goes back to some of the research we were doing for Dynamax. How do we make caffeine more mood boosting? Well, trigonelline was one of the options we were looking at to make caffeine more mood boosting. And now that we've actually been able to try a trigonelline extract or trigonelline focused extract of fenugreek, we have found indeed that if you combine it with caffeine, it feels more coffee-like, it feels more mood-boosting. It feels really nice overall. So for a more mood-boosting ca caffeine stack or caffeine feeling, go for a little bit of fenugreek in the mix with caffeine. Um, what else? What, what else have I explored? Erica mentioned, of course, the um, success of pushing it a little bit more to the GABAergic side, so you could use coriander for that. Uh, you could also use just our GABA or a lemon balm. Uh, you can have a little bit more of that uplifting GABAergic effect, uh, which is quite nice. I think if you are looking at going out to a concert and you don't necessarily want to be drinking, um, but you want a little bit of an alternative, maybe something like fenugreek with some GABA or coriander could make for a nice social lubricant. Um, so in terms of mood, think in that direction, that fenugreek is also kind of pro-social. So could be really interesting in a more pro-social mix. With that in mind, I think combining uh, fenugreek with shodan is kind of interesting or just any ashwagandha. I, th I think ashwagandha can also have that um, socializing uh, property to it, uh, a nice stress reduction there too, which I think goes nicely with the effects of fenugreek and might help with the uh, hormonal effects too. I also think that shodan and fenugreek make a really good libido stack. Yeah, Because absolutely. I think one of the really noticeable effects of shodan for me is increase in libido. And I think fenugreek has a really nice mood boost and the two together would probably be very powerful for that purpose. Absolutely. And then if we want to hone in a little bit more on the NMDA effects, of course, combining it with magnesium would be interesting. And then you could really combine it with Claramag, which is our more NMDA-focused magnesium supplement. If you combine that with fenugreek, you would have some really interesting overall NMDA antagonist properties. And I think that would be really nice for mood. There are so many things that you can stack with fenugreek. 
and a lot of different benefits from fenugreek as well. Definitely on the cognitive side, for sure, on the physical side for um, helping you with your workouts and helping you recover also. So no matter how you slice it, I think fenugreek is a really good match for, you know, just a few supplements or something specific. Or if you're like Emil and I and you take many, many different supplements on a daily basis, it can also add just a little bit of an extra mood boost, relaxation, and focus as well. And it's something I definitely want to take on a more regular basis because I feel like the mood effects are really different than some of the other supplements I take for this purpose and could even take the place of some in my daily stack. What do you think a good place to take, take the place of? Well, I think that these mood and focus effects are more to my preference than Subroxy, actually. Um, this feels like a more sustainable focus uh, enhancer for me. But in terms of what I'm taking on a regular basis for, for mood, mm, I think fenugreek could probably take the place of one of the capsules of Cognance. I would be curious to try like a slightly lower dose of Cognance and adding fenugreek in to see if that makes any kind of difference. I like the, the two capsule dose of Cognance, but perhaps there can be some more balance there. Um, the other mood boosts that we take specifically, maybe it's not so much for mood, but we do take rhodiola and that can give me some energy and kind of motivation on a daily basis. But perhaps this could take the place of that because I find that the fenugreek is motivating in a very uh, distinct way and Rhodiola rosea can be motivating, but maybe the fenugreek has more of a balance of effects, which I prefer. Yeah, I would say Rhodiola rosea, the, the overall effects profile is quite different than fenugreek, uh, with Rhodiola rosea not feeling as dopaminergic and fenugreek feeling a little bit more dopaminergic, and then Rhodiola rosea feeling a little bit more like maybe that cellular type of energy, uh, yeah. a little bit more physical energy. Uh, I, I think they stack very nicely together though, but I can see how those could maybe be interchangeable for each other, especially because the fenugreek has some more metabolic activating activity. So it could maybe help with physical energy there too. Yeah, could be. With all of that being said, we've come to the end of our podcast for this month. Um, there are quite a few different tributaries, let's say, or different roads that we took in this podcast, talking about the physical benefits, um, the metabolic health and cardiovascular health benefits that you can get from fenugreek, as well as major benefits for your mood and for focus. And these can be applied to a lot of different scenarios, not just your workouts. So if you're curious to try fenugreek, you can go check it out on Nootropics Depot's website. There's also going to be a link to the Fenugreek capsule product in the description of YouTube. So if you're listening on YouTube, just scroll down and check it out there. If you have any questions or you want to revisit information in the podcast, you can look through the chapters that are also available on YouTube. And that's a really helpful way to get back to a specific section if you want to go over that information again. And if you've really loved what you've listened to, if you're enjoying the conversation and you want to keep it going, go subscribe on Reddit r slash Depot and join the conversation. You can drop a comment into our podcast launch post. You can make a post of your own. Tell us about your experience 
with fenugreek or any other supplements that you might be taking and ask a question. We really like to interact with you and this guides a lot of the research and the products that we come out with. So don't be afraid, don't be shy, just jump in and we're very happy to have you there. So thank you so much again for listening to the In Search of Insight podcast. We love making this podcast for you. We love trying out new extracts and new supplements and we like hearing all of your feedback. So thanks so much for interacting and for listening. We will see you next month with another exciting topic, new information and research to share. And with that, we will say goodbye for today. See ya.